Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Uh, yo, Eddie. And this one goes to Eddie. Sorry, Nicole. This is like a specific gay man question. So, Eddie. Yes. Question. When you think of male celebrity nudes, what's one of the first ones that comes to mind? Like, what's one of the ones that you see all the time? That I see all the time? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, for a long time, it was Brad Pitt. Yeah, that Brad would Pitt just was... pop out. That would pop up. Yeah, a lot. That was that. Yeah, that was one. Uh huh. Any other that come to mind? <laughs> um, there was the the famous Stallone one. And, oh right, yeah, the yeah, okay. Stallone one. And um, I remember Richard Gere. Yes, Richard mm-hmm. Gere being another celebrity. Yes, Richard Gere is another one that usually, if you're about my age and you were also growing up with the internet and you at one point decided to start looking up male celebrities nude, uh, Eddie's right. Those other two will pop up often, but so will uh, Richard Gere because he was full frontal in this movie that we're about to discuss today. So there you go. We gated up, Nicole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is what we're all about. So I am so excited to talk about I'm this. all about male frontal nudity. I think we need more of it, to be quite honest. I feel like Euphoria has started breaking that for us. It was a whole episode with just penises. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Except when you realize they're high school penises, but yeah, obviously they're adults playing high school students, but whatever. The point is, I'm Rolando. And I'm Nicole. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About unoriginality. Uh, Cue the Blondie music. While we're driving in our convertible to open up this podcast. <laughs> if only we lived such lavish lifestyles. Right. Uh, yeah. American Gigolo. Have you guys even heard of this movie before out of curiosity? Like maybe in passing? Did you know much about it before you watched it past this past weekend? Uh, I have. Okay. I did. Um, and I, I just because it was uh, Richard Gere. And, and at one point, Richard Gere was... Uh, very popular. In, yes. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty popular, and you kind of like seeing you know, all like his collection of movies. So yeah. this was definitely one of them, and also this is one of the rare things as a uh, where uh, you know, attractive man, n- naked, gay kid. <laughs> you can eventually see it or try to sneak. Yeah, <laughs> love that get, this is know. the focus point of the uh, conversation right now. I love yeah. it. So, I mean, I feel like a try lot to of sneak and watch it yeah. somehow. <laughs> so, I, that's how I saw it. Because he was like, time yeah, ago. it was rare when you got like a uh, a male lead in a Hollywood film, like go full frontal, right? Yeah, absolutely. It still is. Mm-hmm. You know, most are afraid to show their peckers, cowards, all of them. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, hey, people are afraid to come out as being authentically who the who they are, you know, gay or whatever. So yeah, that's like a whole different thing. I don't think the body is that. I don't, I don't know. Think Some it's people that would feel different about that. I don't know. I think it's just like I mean, women have to flaunt it all the time. Like I know. Control standards are uh, kind of double standard. Right. Uh, yeah. So. No, and to answer your question, I had heard of the movie, but I never watched it i'd only seen like the screen grabs of richard gear standing by the window naked you know yeah the poster evokes that scene you know so it's like it's pretty much like all about that scene which is hilarious because uh, the filmmaker paul schrader who also wrote the movie you know he's a really interesting figure have you ever heard of paul schrader no, I don't think so. Well, he's primarily known as a screenwriter, and his most famous work, I would say, is he wrote the screenplay for Taxi Driver. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he also then reteamed with Scorsese and made uh, Bringing Out the Dead. Uh, but he's he's done other works, and he's directed his. This was his first, uh, you know, step into directing. Most recently, mm. he did the film The Card Counter, 
with um, Oscar Isaacs. And he's got a movie oh. coming out this year called Master Gardener. So he's still active. Uh, okay. But, you know, he's a really interesting man because let's take his most iconic work, Taxi Driver. And these two films are all about masculinity. And he loves taking apart masculinity and he loves putting masculinity for men in jeopardy uh, to, albeit incredibly different ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's pretty much the aesthetic here. Um, so this is who wrote and directed the movie. It's 1980. This is like the time frame in which we're discussing this movie. And uh, I don't know if you guys know it, but there's a new Showtime kind of continuation of this mm-hmm. film in quotation marks. At least that's I how mean- they promoted it. On, yeah, like I said, Showtime, three episodes in as far as we're concerned, um, c- called American Jiggle with John Berthal. Bernthal? Berenthal? I honestly don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, someone I'm not really familiar with because I didn't watch The Walking Dead. So. Or The Punisher. Or The Punisher. Or but, The Punisher, there you go. Or Daredevil. But we did see him. playing him. The Punisher. Yeah, he was mm. also in The Sopranos movie. Oh, Many yeah, Saints of that, Phoenix. That entirely memorable movie. <laughs> I still have. I made a wanted poster of Michael Gandolfini from the crimes of nepotism. You still have that? Wasting my time. It will forever live on my wall. That's That's great. Take it down. Uh, That's I got to change great. the missing poster of Samantha Jones, though, because she was found in New Orleans on Queer as Folk. Ah, uh, but also canceled <laughs> right after. That's true. <laughs> It'll be uh, found, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> canceled right over it. Um, so here's some fun facts about this movie. Uh, this movie kind of made Richard Gere a star. I mean, he had done some roles prior to this, but this is what solidified him. And actually, Richard See the Gere... the power of the penis, you know? Well, he owes his entire career to one person, and that's John Travolta. Because oh, right. Three, cast. Uh, three of uh, his most iconic roles, John Travolta turned down. American. Really? So he was mm-hmm. like the, the B-pick? Yeah, so uh, John Travolta was offered American Gigolo. Uh-huh. John Travolta was think- offered an officer and a gentleman and Chicago and he turned down all of them and those are three of Richard Gere's biggest movies. Oh, I don't I could never see John Travolta as Billy in Oh really? Chicago. Couldn't I could kind of see it, but not at that not at that point. Like not when Richard Gere kind of Richard Gere it up. And- I mean cuz but they were already so physically different. Like no shade to John Travolta, but he was already like pudgy and kind of like balding mm. right like mm-hmm. richard gear was still very spelled very sexy i think he's so hot as billy flynn in uh in chicago wow. he's a very attractive man right i think he's one of those like men who just got way sexier as he got older uh he aged very well very fine yeah, so but yeah no but yeah john travolta actually was not only cast like he was announced and there's even promo photos of like him in the role of julian k yeah yeah um you know, there's actually rumors as to why John Travolta turned down the role. The penis, I assume? Um, yes. Well, we'll get into that, I guess. But uh, Or we could just get into it right now. Let's just say what American Gigolo is about before we get into that, which is it's a it's a film about a male escort. Mm-hmm. A um, high-end escort. Yes. And uh, he's high-priced in Los Angeles. He becomes romantically involved with a woman. He's cocky. He's successful. But then he... It becomes involved as a murder suspect and his life slowly begins to unravel and his, mm-hmm. you know his life pretty much uh, descends slowly into chaos again you know paul schrader just loves throwing men's lives into chaos in his movies that's literally what every single paul schrader movie to one degree or How another feminist is about him, right? <laughs> you could say so um julian he's good at what he does and he has a particular clientele for the most part uh, which is older women and he likes to think that they're giving them exactly what they're missing in life uh, and he has clear standards, which is no kinky and no fag stuff. And yet, yeah. queer, and this, I'm quoting the movie, and yet this movie is kind of, could be identified as a queer film. And queer, you think? Queerness is has a strong presence in this film. Okay. And a lot of people would say that the reason why John Travolta turned down this role is because of the queer subtext, because John Travolta did not want to be associated with anything gay or queer and in fact if you can look it up right now richard Gere said yes to this movie because of the queer subtext real what queer subtext? i must have been missing it because i didn't really see the queer subtext yeah so okay you ready right here Gear was I'm cast kidding. and he said i read it and i thought this is a character i don't know very well 
I don't own a suit. He speaks different languages. I don't speak any different language. And there's kind of a gay thing that's flirting through it. And I don't know the gay community at all. So I just want to immense myself in all of that. Is this before or after his gerbil rumors? <laughs> uh, he said that in 2012. So Okay, so this is way after yeah. the gerbil, <laughs> gerbil rumor. <laughs> dangerous territory he was in when he made the um interesting i don't i don't see the queerness i i watching this i'm just like what a man who pleases women yeah that's very very queer and homoerotic in my opinion it's it's subtext though right okay so let's just kind of jump into it because this is also one of the reasons why i wanted to uh talk about this property with you is because of the really kind of hidden subtext within it but it's I kind mean, of so there that, like i understand subtext but i just <laughs> didn't see it like, but go on let's go okay so do you remember the character leon the professional yeah the pimp oh yeah the who's also pimp, or was he uh also he sport? was he was one of julian's pimps because okay, julian yeah. has uh multiple people pimping for him um you know this character leon he's black and he's gay right and he has his tricks uh do the gay scene because it's a more lucrative and it's a steady income all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. not really subtext but okay no no, no. <laughs> i'm not saying that that's oh, okay <laughs> i'm saying there's this character that is in the film that almost is a direct contrast to julian yeah despite the fact that i don't get the vibe that leon was gay i think he was kind of gay for pay uh maybe i mean that you know i don't know if the film ever explicitly tells us but he associates with the gay community so as far as we know he's in the gay community i guess speaking from the gay community experience like us seeing like straight men who make a profit off of selling that fantasy okay but you're bringing your own reading into that based on the facts of the film he's in the gay community he is involved in the gay community. I don't know if, again, I don't know if I would call it that he's in the gay community. Selling okay. your services for the gay community does not necessarily make you in the gay community. There's a lot of gay porn stars who, as much as they're like in the gay scene, are not at all, would not associate with the gay community. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Valid. Um, but the association there, as some critics have read into it, is that it's almost like by denying the queerness of his state and by being so blatantly kind of dismissive of his flexibility because Julian has done this before or like he mm-hmm. just doesn't want to do it anymore. Right. No mm-hmm. kinky or fag stuff. Uh, he's done it. But so because of that and him trying to get away from it, he's almost being imprisoned because of it mm-hmm. or he's being uh, sacrificed or punished because of it. Right. You can Be- assume that Leon is part of or is associated with the people who are setting him up. Right. So that within itself, as some critics have read, is interesting because it's like, so is he being punished in an anti-gay way or in a or, you know, are gay people being presented as villains in this movie? How do you think the gay people, in your opinion, by watching this movie are presented? Do you think they're presented well? I mean, I don't honestly know what here is presented well, to be quite honest. That's a good point. So I don't... And yeah. again, I guess maybe so since I because Leon had clients who were female, right? Like he's the one who connected him with this couple. Mm-hmm. He did. So, you know, we're, we can't assume his sexuality. Well, so, in terms of where he hangs out or the terms of who he assigns Julian to? Both. Because he was that was his client. And again, I don't I guess I didn't read Leon as being gay i did not i didn't read him i didn't see him as being gay yeah he was hanging out at a gay bar and stuff but like he's also turning tricks with his prostitutes yeah but like all right so he's turning like he's doing his business but he's hanging out at a gay bar like i don't know straight guys unless maybe some straight guys we know don't really hang out at gay bars like that i'm talking but that's the thing but if your profession deals with it again my 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 I, i go back to the gay porn scenario here where it's just like these guys make a living off of this. Actually, if you go to a, a male go-go bar, like a gay go-go bar, like a lot of those guys who are dancing are, are straight. They're just hanging out. They make you feel like you're, what's it called? Like, oh my God, you're so sexy and stuff. Give me $5. Mm. You know what I mean? So I guess maybe, I, and you're right. I might be, this might be my 2022 sensibilities coming into play here, but I just, 
I don't know. I didn't read it as gay, and I don't think he's being punished for not accepting his homosexuality. Now, if yes, I do agree with you. The implication is there that Julian did maybe have some dalliances with men from pay, and he just didn't like it. Why wouldn't he like it? Well, I don't know. Men could be very grabby, very, very aggressive, and very, very... There's lots of reasons why a straight well, man would Well, okay. Let's also remember that this is 1980. It's not cool to be gay. It's right. not something that is even outwardly stated in a Hollywood mainstream film. Mm-hmm. So... It could be possible that, you know, some people read the whole movie as context is that Julian's actually closet, like so deeply closeted homosexual that for anyone to uh, believe that he would kill a woman like this because he so clearly is doing everything just because it's money, because he's good at it. I mean, look at his apartment, look at his lifestyle, look at, you know, the way he he uh, likes to live his life. I think he actually really kept it he really nice, nice and he had nice aesthetic. Really? To there him. were boxes and everything everywhere. It was not a nice apartment. <laughs> I his he had, he had impeccable taste. Yes, he did. Have impeccable like his, taste. He had a straight I mean, man's apartment. There were so was many scenes where we just kind of like we're hanging with him, you know, hanging through him picking out his outfit of the day and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like he cares about the way he is presented. He's so obsessed with holding up a, a facade of a life mm-hmm. of, that we don't ever really get to know who Julian is. Yeah, but I also, I mean... So it's not without the realm of possibility, right? And yeah, I'm also... Sure. I, I mean, I necess- when I saw this film and I was like promised gay subtext, I was like, okay, I don't know if that delivered. Um, <laughs> so I kind of agree with you, but to play devil's advocate too and just kind of like trying to read into it because I do think that hints are there that if we just took it and ran with it, you know, well, what direction could that take us with? And that is also what I think is really cool about the movie is mm-hmm. that Paul Schrader gives enough uh, information or enough non-information that you're like questioning so much or it's like hmm, hmm what is he not saying what is he not telling us okay because he's this is also someone who is totally being set up and, and his life is completely falling apart that we don't even know how much we can believe him mm, that's fair okay you know like i mean did you ever at one point question his innocence um no i don't think i did actually you didn't okay i did it I, um. it so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I thought maybe he sounded crazy, right? But mm-hmm. I understand why you would sound crazy when you're trying to just say, it. like, I'm being framed. Someone please look into this. You're just a fucking prostitute. Why am I going to waste my fucking time? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's more or less Sunday's attitude with, yeah. with him. It's just like, you are just a sex worker and I don't need, like, you know, there's a dead rich person here. All right, we have to solve this crime. Yeah. Despite the fact that's weird, because I thought in the movie, Sunday was kind of low-key, maybe believing him, maybe not. He was very conflicted, it seemed like, a little bit, too. He was, yeah. Played by Hector Alonso, I think. is I, I always thought his name was Hector Alonso, but it's actually a Hector Alonso. Is it is it Hector Alonso, though? The guy from yeah. Pretty Woman? Yeah, the guy from Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it? I think it's pronounced Hector Alonso. Well, according to uh, uh, Wikipedia, there's a D in his name. Yeah, but maybe it's a silent D. Got it. Yeah. Oops. I don't know. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it, I guess it's just the whole thing of this movie, right? You know, like for anyone who actually needs the plot is that Julian, you know, he's a narcissistic, uh, uh, really vapid male escort. He's really sure of himself. He one night accepts a job where there is shady shit going on. There is a woman who is clearly not in the right state of mind on a bed. And the guy, there's another guy who's telling Julian what to do with her. And Julian just knows that it's fucked up, right? It's kind of kinky, but there's also something not fucking right here. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up dead. And the police realize that, you know, he was there. And they slowly start to finger him as him being the murderer. Yeah. The murderer. And Julian, knowing, or at least, you know, as far as we know, is. Julian is saying he's innocent, asks everyone in his life for help, and pretty much no one wants to help him because he's a shitty guy. At the end of the day, Julian Kay is a shitty guy, which is also what's interesting about the movie is because we're actually asked to sympathize with someone who's not that great, which is also why you question, one, whether or not he's being truthful, and, you know, two, who he's fucked over in his past. And to me, the most interesting scene is when he goes to the gay club and he asks Leon for help and then he pushes him off, too, because it is kind mm-hmm. of almost like the scene, too, where he goes to the person he used to be to the or mm-hmm. to the people that he used to associate with, you know, and they're like, you dug your own fucking grave deal with it. And then he punishes them for what he did, 
which could also be read as a kind of like closeted homosexual thing to do. It's just, okay. it's, it's there. You could take it or you could not, which is what mm-hmm. I like about the film. I also think that there's like this really great score going on by Giorgio Moroder, who's one of the most iconic, you know, scorers of the eighties. And it's just such an eighties movie. <laughs> it like, you know, really shows us a, at least a world that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And it shows us really flawed people, but who are interesting, right? I mean, enough of like characters are likable or unlikable. Are they interesting? That's what matters in a movie. You're not always supposed to like a character, but you're supposed to find them interesting. And I find people in this movie really interesting, especially that scene where he meets his love interest, Michelle Stratton. Okay. And the way that they attract each other. And it, it seems kind of like so like, yeah, like, like a play almost like are these people uh-huh. actually like they're almost like reading off their own kind of like script right yeah that was i thought i i thought it was a little stunty a little stilty yeah little right bit, like kind of stiff which i also just was like oh he's just he's just doing his job again i don't believe right. that he actually is in love with this girl he's just kind of using her especially as the movie goes on because he has nobody left um so again though this is all in the movie that i'm just kind of like taking from it there's nothing's ever really confirmed other than mm-hmm. that Julian goes to jail. <laughs> Nobody Julian, helps yes. him and he goes to jail. That's not um, true. Uh, she helps him. She tries to. She takes, what's it called? She she lied to the cops and said that he was with her the night of the murder. And therefore she uh, ruins yes. her. She ruins all of her, her. Well, I mean, she basically breaks up her marriage as a result. Uh, despite the fact that she was seeing him already and stuff. It was kind of, to be honest, it was a corny ending. Mm. I wonder if he was kind of forced to do that. Because I guess we never really see him leave prison, but it is, yeah, it is implied that she sacrifices her marriage just to get him she out does. of there. She does, yeah, yeah. She, she says, and, you know, yeah, it ends with, like, him resting his head on her palms and stuff. And we're mm. like, oh, my God, Ew. this is, like, the worst fucking ending I think Well, I- again, <laughs> then he's playing her, you know? Like, did he even learn anything? He just got, you know... He just did the ultimate con. Well, I mean, I think he's also technically in, in jail at this point for the murder of. I mean, he's gonna probably be in jail regardless because mm-hmm. he did kill Leon by accident. Be it an accident, by accident. He's still, <laughs> I think he's they still call that manslaughter. manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like, yeah. She she was able to save him from one crime, but like, I think he might still be going down for the other one. Yeah. yeah. Again, but Leon's a sex worker, so like, the cops are probably like, eh one less hookah on the street, you know? <laughs> this is true, yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting, too, because everyone has a role to play, right? Let's, Paul Schrader's also like, oh, what happens when the role that you've assigned yourself to play in your life, you know, starts to fall apart? Um, but, like, everyone, you know, you know, you're a sex worker. Who believes in you? You know, you're, the, you're a man. You're a woman. Like, everyone's yeah, very just, much assigned to roles. I honestly didn't like it as much as, like, I thought I would. Okay. Uh, I thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> okay. I genu- I thought it was a little boring. Like you, you're right. You said like, oh, we stay on him for a long time, watching him, uh, get dressed and stuff. I'm just like, God, fucking kill me, <laughs> to read these seeds. Um, I also didn't care for his relationship with uh this chick. I don't care that she was married to the would be governor of California. I was just like, I was kind of yeah. Like, but you're reading it as like an actual relationship. I read it as he's a con artist. The california guy the the governor uh the the governor's wife or are you she talking was about... conning him no yeah Mo- uh what's her name michelle michelle yeah no i he's conning her oh uh, julian is yes conning julian her. is calling uh, conning oh michelle. interesting i don't know i think so i read it i guess how i read uh yeah i felt that he was feeling feelings towards her that he in his head is telling himself like I shouldn't be feeling these things I've I've trained myself to be better than this to feel something for a woman you know a client because that's what she was up until I think when he found out that she was the future governor's wife or something is when he kind of maybe was a little bit more into her because of the danger that it presents but I I don't think I don't necessarily discredit his feelings for her being disingenuous uh, I think he's actually I think that's also part of the reason why he pushes her away towards the end of the film. Right. Because like he he kind of realizes, well, I'm fucked at this point. So like you might as well like 
protect yourself and stay with your husband. Don't fuck up your life for me. Like, I'm a piece of shit. Mm. He is, right? We can agree to this. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that their relationship was genuine. I didn't care for it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, And this one, I was like, he's full of shit. Everything he says is full. He's a narcissist. We've been shown that this guy is vapid. He's materialistic. He is only mm-hmm. concerned with himself. Why would I believe that? Oh, here comes this one woman who's going to like, actually, he's going to have a genuine relationship with like, there's been no proof. There's been nothing shown to me by this film for me to believe that one, he's even capable of that or two, that that's kind of like the story that this filmmaker wants to tell. Also, she was kind of aggressive, I think, like by hunting him down and going to his apartment. I was just like, girl. Mm hmm. And then you find out that she's married. It's just like you, you know, like it. I don't know. Like I, so I kind of think that at the end of the day, you know, as a as a movie that's also kind of like about you know capitalism in a weird way. Uh, he used her for his advantage, and he conned the perfect con, and he got what he wanted. And now her marriage is apart, and I'm sure they're not going to last like past a month or two after he dumps her, and he goes back to like his ways. I so mean, I, it's possibly. interesting. God, I mean, I didn't want to tell you to read that into the movie, but part of me also, because I know you're never going to rewatch it, was like, what? Oh, I'll never if, rewatch this film. Yeah. What if <laughs> like, you watch it with that lens, you know? So it's, a, eh, it's interesting. I think there's enough there for you to be like, that's maybe a correct uh, read. So. Well, that's so interesting that that's how you feel because Showtime decided, <laughs> well, what if? What if? What would happen after? the jail sequence and stuff and American Gigolo is born. Yeah. Uh, somebody, his name is David Hollander, who also I think was the creator of uh, Ray Donovan and some other Showtime shows, which is my least favorite Showtime show. How it lasted, however many seasons it did. I don't know. Yeah. You watch a lot of Showtime shows. I watch Dexter. Yeah. That's and yeah. Z way. I think the only other Showtime show I know is the L word and um, shameless. Oh, I haven't seen Shameless. A lot of people recommend Shameless and stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have. Um, Well, whatever. David Hollander was like, my next show is going to be a continuation of American Gigolo. And that is how it is kind of promoted. Julian Kay, 15 years after being arrested for murder and struggling to find his footing in the modern-day Los Angeles sex industry, seeks the truth about the frame-up that sent him to prison all those years ago. And looking to reconnect with his one true love, Michelle. Now, if that doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a sequel to American Gigolo, the movie, like I mean, it does sound like a sequel. I don't know what else could sound like a sequel. I mean, we're going to look at this guy who didn't ever get out of prison. He went to prison. And right. now what is his life like? Um, yeah. So I thought it was interesting based off the premise. That's I why mean, I pitched just it. Based off of like the tagline, like the, the summary and stuff. But like, that's not what it is. I mean, this is basically just... I mean, this is a sequel and a remake, you know, at the same time. Yeah, sequel, remake, and in its own way, it's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. That's slowly unraveling. But it's a, also very much its own property. Although, um, they need to cut it out with the blonde already. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I liked it. I, I, I liked it in the I, first I don't, episode. I don't, yeah, this, I don't know if I need it to be my theme song for, like, every yeah. episode. Also, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't, like, shoot. Or I don't know. The intro feels like it's just like cutting out scenes for the series and stuff. It felt very old school. It's just like we don't do that anymore. We And that's what it is. We and have it, a whole separate intro. Yeah. Guys. I guess like I am totally fine with people who don't, you know, follow everyone else and hop on any bandwagons. But it is so out of fashion at this point that I'm like, there's not a skip button. Like, okay, cool. Do the whole <laughs> blondie thing, but showtime, where's my skip button? You know, like I don't know if I really want to sit through this right now. I, I like the song. I don't want to hate it. Um, and also every single title, I know this because I'm a Blondie fan, is named after a Blondie song. And part of me oh. is like, why is Blondie becoming such like a thing for this show? Because we're going to find out she's a mastermind. Maybe. Maybe Debbie Harry's the murderer, guys. <laughs> like that would be that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, like we said, John Bernthal or however you say his name is Julian Kay in this one. And it's set. Not in 1995, 15 years after 1980. It's everything's, you know, moved up and, and, and pretty much it's 2022. Yes. And so he was arrested in 2007, if the math holds up. Yes. And this is a little bit different. Um, he's actually there in the room and he wakes up to a dead body and then the cops literally come and arrest him on the spot. So everything's, uh, the situation's a little different. 
a cop played by Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie, I, I, she's back. She's I didn't back. Think we you would know see what? Her again. <laughs> didn't know that this was the role I needed to see her in. To be quite honest. Yeah, and I'm also like, why is this New York ass cop? What are they doing in Los Angeles? <laughs> um. Yeah, Eddie. I mean, Eddie. Real quick, do you have any thoughts on Rosie O'Donnell? Because you're the one who pointed it out to me. I didn't even realize until I'm like listening. I'm just like, is that? Is that Rosie O'Donnell? And he was like, yeah. Yeah, we've been like watching her for the last half hour. You didn't, and, uh, yeah. What? He did not pick it up that quickly. It, yeah. No, because like when you first encounter her, I, you don't really see her. You only hear her voice. And it took me a while. I'm just like, isn't that, isn't that Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of knew it was her from the moment I personally saw her. But I guess. I thought she was. Yeah, I think she was. I thought. I think so far. She's my favorite character because, like, she's not being presented as a crooked cop. Mm. She's just being presented as just a very, very grizzled cop who fucked up. She fucked up by, like, what's it called? Taking, uh, coercing a confession. But I think many podcast listeners of True Crime would know it's just like this is Cop 101, right? Like, Detective 101. Like, you co, you're not looking to solve the crime, you're looking to get someone arrested and charged with the crime and i think you know i'm thinking of serial adnan was free guys what up (laughs) (laughs) but you know that's the first thing that comes to mind right and i think uh but seeing rosie o'donnell kind of play this like mean character i'm just like oh i like it it's a role that i easily could have seen like kathy bates play and they're here rosie's doing it that's oh yeah kathy bates would have been good in this yeah yeah kathy bates also would have been good in this i don't know if it's because i'm you know saying they have like the same they bring the same energy but like i think rosie o'donnell usually would play like the warmer more like kind character and to see her kind of in this opposite but sharp almost like kathy bates Hmm. is where i'm just like oh i like this i like this for rosie and i'm like i'm like okay this is exciting me for your career a little yeah yeah i guess she's it's her big return uh and also she's playing detective sunday Yes, she's playing Detective Sunday. So, so these are characters that were, you know, written by Paul Schrader in the original film. Um, we also got Wayne Brady in here, <laughs> which I was yeah. not expecting. Nor do I need. Because I, I, I associate Wayne Brady with comedy. It's just such a hard thing for me to, like, get into the mindset that he's a pimp. Not a pimp. Yeah. Well, he's now a pimp. But he's also, you know, former as just like, this is Wayne Brady go improv somewhere. <laughs> like, this is- yeah, it's different. I mean, you know, I'll op- I'm open up to That's him bringing, good. you know, doing something other than just improv. But I just I wasn't expecting it. It kind of took me yeah. aback. Um, so, yeah. And Rosie, I guess, is also someone who you associate with comedy, too. So it's 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 different. Um, mm-hmm. But Julian Kay, 15 years in prison. And he's come out pretty much a changed man. And we keep seeing very few snippets of who he was before he went to prison. But as far as I'm concerned with what I've watched so far, and again, there's only been three episodes released while we recorded this podcast. So if you're listening to this in the future where there's been more, you know, sorry. Um, Sorry that the (laughs) show continued. Yeah, sorry. And we didn't cover it. Uh, Julian Kay is very different as being portrayed as very differently than how he was in the original film. He was not a nice guy in the first movie. He wasn't at least the most sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really making him sympathetic in this one. Right. So there is a are. completely different relationship that you they want you to have with him. Because I think also, in a weird way, nowadays, we're too afraid to portray unsympathetic characters. I think it's because of cancel culture, perhaps. Um, um, or because um. of whatever it is. But our, our heroes are, are no longer these flawed, you know, uh, kind of shitty people. I disagree with that. I actually think that TV, especially TV, still likes their anti-heroes and stuff. And like, like uh, shows that um, I'm talking about are now, not like 10 years ago, not Breaking no, 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 Bad no, no. or talking, House of Cards. Like, let's, okay, yeah, let's, let's uh, forego those shows. But like, look at the new uh, Better Call Saul. Better Saul himself is literally like a he's we're seeing like how he became a terrible person but like he's a terrible person euphoria is literally about a drug addict yeah sure Cir- victim of circumstances here but yeah you ozark, know ozark is about a family that's embezzling money okay yeah maybe i'm thinking more about movies then because all we see are yeah. superheroes so movies is a more interesting thing because i would agree with you i think 
a lot of critics are realizing that we have this issue in films mm-hmm. where the the we're kind of going back to like this character if a character has to be wholly good, almost pure. Yeah. Right? Especially with female led roles. Uh, yeah. and it's kind of getting to the point that you're like, all right, well, that's not showing me the flaws in humanity. No, it's, it's not like, being right? real to no. people. Like, yeah. seriously, these people don't have any fucking flaws. Yeah, so I would agree with you. In film, yes, you're seeing that a lot more often. In TV, we're still exploring it. Uh, yeah. We're still exploring, like, kind of that, like, oh, what does it mean to be? I think, I mean, Squid Games is another one. Succession, Yellow Jackets. I would argue, all right, maybe we're doing it too much, right? Because that's why now a show like, uh, Abbott Elementary, which is a comedy about teachers, mm. is like something that like I'm like gravitating more towards because it's happy, it's light, it's showing the positives in a very very dark world that we're in. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, as know. a person who only watches movies, then I should definitely say that this is a movie problem. <laughs> uh, I I should not speak on behalf of television, but I'm hypothesizing, especially in this case, that I think maybe they made him sympathetic in the story because they they had to kind of portray him as almost like a victim in order for them to maybe even tell the story that they wanted to tell, and it was just a creative choice they had to make. So they had to change. Yeah, I would agree. Who he fundamentally for, was. Yeah, for for this film. story to work, like where he is trying to solve why he was framed and like what yeah. happened, it helps to make him a little bit more sympathetic. Yeah, for sure. Than the previous version. I also I actually like this portrayal a little more despite how like I hate his scenes with like the love interests, right? Like yeah. I'm not <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't care. I so Is that far, that I don't buy it? I, I don't just don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, same. I mean one, I don't get the chemistry. And two I, I agree. I actually don't care. Every time her storyline comes on Gretchen Mole, I'm like, oh, I don't. Is that who the shit. actress is? Yeah, she plays Michelle oh. in this one. Uh, yeah, I don't. So for me, the other the other big quirk or irk I have with this show mm-hmm. is how emaciated all the women are. <laughs> like, there's a scene, there's certain points where like every woman, every time like she arches, like she's if she's naked or something, right? Like all you see is ribs and then like maybe a little bit of a bump of a breast. And it's just like kind of yeah. like, ew, good God. Like, yeah. I know it's California, but like, good golly. It's just like, this is like, we are really going back to like heroin chic, aren't we? You know? Yeah. I mean, well, I think, I think that the show is kind of staying true to the original film and like, these people aren't people that you want to be anything like, or this isn't a world that you necessarily want to be in. I mean, they're actually very much showing you how problematic this world is by showing you that these kids were kind of sold into this world. Um, yeah. Where that's not that an element that was in the original film at all. They're all consenting adults who chose this lifestyle. In this television series, the backstory for Julian is that he and other children were literally sold to become sex workers, which is fucked up yeah one of the other things that the show did that was interesting though was kind of outside of the fact that yeah he's a victim by being sold literally by his mom to go off and become like uh, a prostitute Mm -hmm. and even more tragically though like we see that he was a victim of sexual abuse from an early age right like Mm -hmm. the neighbor or i think she was like maybe the owner of like the plot of land that they were all living on but she was using julian at a very young age to sexually abuse him and stuff. And I thought that yeah. was, it kind of adds, and it, I don't know, I think it helps explain like where at least Julian's ability to kind of separate sex from, from, from like, you know, himself. Yes. And from, inti- thank you, from intimacy comes from, right? Like mm-hmm. he, from a very young age, he was using his body to provide for himself or his family, right? Mm-hmm. His, you know, his mom was letting him sleep with the landlord, so that way, I, I, I read that you know she could get, she could stay on the land. You know, this and is she, she did seem a willing participant in it. Um, it also shows that boys can also be victims of sexual abuse in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because. My big problem, I guess, with this movie is I went into it, I mean, the show, I went into it uh, with the expectations that it would be a continuation of the movie. So when Julian was kind of different, I personally was a little upset because I thought there was nothing wrong with the representation of Julian Kay in the movie. I didn't really need him to change. Now, I get that for the story that they wanted to tell, they had to make him, like we said, more sympathetic and whatnot, and that maybe prison does change you. 
uh, as a character who spent 15 years in there and wrongfully accused. Um, but not just wrongfully accused, but like it was also 15 years of possibly believing that like maybe I did do it. Yeah, like questioning his own. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. not realize, like kind of having to grapple with the fact that like oh maybe. Maybe I did kill this lady. Like, you yeah. know, I don't remember what happened. So, like, you had to deal with that for 15 years. That's a whole different set of guilt that you're dealing with for 15 years in prison. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and that I was like, okay, I could get past that. But then when we introduce Michelle, and this show definitely takes the side of the fact that their relationship is based in tr- an actual genuine love. I was so pissed off <laughs> because it pretty much spelt it out for me. And like you, like I told you before... I read that he was playing her in the original film so that when the show mm-hmm. took the side of they were actually in love, I was, again, that's when I became disinterested. And that's when mm. I kind of became, because I'm like, okay, well then Julian is no longer, you know, this player. He's no longer capable of these things. They've kind of taken that away and like they're make, they're showing me that he's actually this genuine guy who just got sold into this world of sex work, but he's actually a really good guy. And that made him kind of one dimensional for me. You know, he's not really like a con artist anymore. He's not, you know, uh, he's not that narcissistic, it shows. I mean, he's kind of got no personality, actually. He's very much just kind of walking alone, observing most of this, these couple of episodes. Yeah, but I would also argue, though, that, like, Richard Gere was also kind of one note, though, too. So, like, because everything, everything that you are saying is stuff that you interpreted, right? <laughs> like, so, because, uh-huh. like... I think Richard Gere's character was just as one dimensional as John, as this Julian K. Well, I interpreted it because of how Richard Gere played his character though, because he played him as a, you know, narcissistic, uh, vapid asshole. Right. Whereas, but but John Bernthal isn't playing him that way. So I have to, I can't like be like, Oh, well he's, you know, he's this, this and that he's, he's possible possibly a con artist he's possibly a liar he's not playing it like that i have to like now because of how he's portraying his character i take him as sincere i yeah but like i think that's what the flashbacks are for right where we get to see what he was like prior to the jail stint and we do see a little bit of that cocking a little bit of that seduction technique right where he because i mean i think the difference here also between uh 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 the two julian k's is that in the original one, we don't know how we it, it Julian K seems like almost self-taught. Like he learned different languages. He learned the art of seduction in on his own fruition, right? To improve his skills as uh a sex worker. In the new adaptation, he was groomed. He was taught these things, right? He was taught how to please a woman and what to say to, you know, your uh not your John. I don't. I don't know Joanna, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Your client. Uh, your client. Your client. Thank you. Yes, that's that's probably a better word. So, but we got to see a little bit of like uh, of Julian K, like kind of you know how he is with work and like his relation and how that differed with his relationship with her. I think maybe the problem was that like. So I think for me, the problem is like the flashback don't work for me so well. I think it's just like, okay, it's the problem is now I'm like, we're focusing a lot on the present. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like when we have those flashbacks, I don't know. It seemed a little bit dis, they felt disjointed in my opinion. So, but I I saw the difference in the characters, right? Like why he, why he would be, because he was even a different way in jail. Yeah, well, we know a lot of who he was in jail and then post-jail, but we just don't know too much about who he was before. And again, this is only three episodes in, so maybe they're they're holding out on something that, you know, come episode six or seven, you know, he'll be a little bit more developed or there will be a big reveal or maybe he is conning people, you know, so that he can get the information that he wants. Um, but so far, it just looks like they're not going down that. And it seems more like... Because... You, you think I'm reading into it, but I'm also reading it into it because of the things that are presented to me by the original movie. I'm reading into it because of the fact that Richard Gere plays a character a certain way, you know, and like Paul Schrader tells you everything up until a certain point, whereas mm-hmm. this television show kind of lays everything out. And it's like, well, these are the facts, right? There's nothing for me to like look at or question, you know, or, or mm-hmm. wonder whether or not I'm being conned. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I personally, this is my personal preference, don't like it when things do that. Like, I want there to be a question as to the, a person's motivations, or I want to know if I'm being told mm. the whole truth, or if, you know, the writer is holding out to me, or the, even the character. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then it, I do think it's the first three episodes were really repetitive. Um, they mm -hmm. kind of kept revisiting the same scenes or the same beats or, and there's just some storylines that I don't care about as much as some of the other ones. I'm interested in Isabel and exploring her. I could care less about Michelle and these flashbacks between her and Julian, especially because yeah. it seems like their relationship was um, real and authentic and I could give a shit about that. So, right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted on Isabel's character. I like the idea mm -hmm. that's presented, right? Like a young little girl who was exposed to this world, but she's on the different side, right? She's part of like the the capitalist pigs, right? She is going to be a future leader. So as a result, what does that do to a person? I like it, but I also don't care, right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. We don't have enough time yeah. with her. It, maybe that's what it is. I also thought it was at, uh, at first glance when I when we got because we got like a quick flashback towards her mm -hmm. for like a second. I thought it was Cara Delevingne, and I was like, "Oh my god, Cara Delevingne is in this one too!" And it wasn't her. It's some other <laughs> minus other points I, for that. Uh, yeah, for some minus points. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, to be quite honest, like this is like, I'm like, this is a show I'm probably not going to continue. Neither will and it's I. a movie that I never want to watch again. <laughs> So, like, it's like, you know, this is like a property that I'm just like, I don't, uh, you wasted my time. Kind yeah, of, you know, I'm kind of disappointed, too, because it's very much presenting itself as a murder mystery. Like, who killed that girl and who's framing Julian? And I'm not going to continue watching it. You know, as a murder mystery, it doesn't have me hooked because you. the whole point of a murder mystery is you want to solve it. Right. I don't really care, too. So, I don't know. This I, was yeah, kind of I, a. I, I don't. And uh, this isn't bad by uh, any means it's not like you know poorly done or or like uh uh what's that word like these aren't uh god i'm looking for a word inexperienced filmmakers or anything like that or tv writers or anything it's just okay mm. but it also seems like i've seen this before mm -hmm. it also kind of seems like uh everyone's not giving other than maybe rosie o'donnell <laughs> you know everyone's just kind of like portraying characters that we've either seen before or aren't fully fleshed out and i don't know it, it's not and if i've seen this before it's not giving me a new angle i'm like oh i've never kind of seen it in that way and you don't always have to give me a new angle but i don't know tell things in your own way and i just feel like the way that they're telling it isn't interesting en enough for me right no i i would agree but to be quite honest, I think the source material on this one is also kind of just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, it's like, it's like we're already working off of something that is kind of already flat. <laughs> so Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's flat. I personally didn't love American Gigolo as a movie, but I thought it was interesting enough. And I thought that the dialogue I was having with the film was interesting. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Paul Schrader is a good writer. Uh, but yeah, it, it isn't like, Oh my god! Everybody, go see American Gigolo right now. It's not like I don't think I even told anyone about the movie after I saw it. Um, right. So it isn't, you know, this. It's such an interesting property <laughs> to be like, we got to make a new American Gigolo because, like, really? Okay, I guess so. Um, yeah, but it's weird, and wow. it also like is very like homage to the original. And I'm like, do people watch this movie like that? I, I don't know. Uh, that's another good point. Maybe for an older crowd or a different crowd. I don't know. We're not in. We're not a part of that crowd, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, for sure. Sorry if you're listening to this episode and you are in that crowd because we have not done uh, your crowd any justice today. <laughs> uh, but I don't. Do you think this was needed? <laughs> right. Uh. Did I personally need this? Absolutely not. And yeah. do I think for, do I think that even though I didn't need it, you know, it did anything good or anything? No, I actually am going to just go no across the board. Yeah. <laughs> did, no, I, I agree with you. For it. Yeah. I, uh, it's just like, it's fine. It's getting a lot of praise. Like the review I was reading on, I think it was either New York Times or maybe Vox was like really giving the show a lot of praise. And I was just like, I don't. Who slipped you a 20? I, I don't see what you see. <laughs> 
Like, I just don't. Like. I don't know. It's just, it's not grabbing me. It's not. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's, it's unfair because there's just so much out there, you know? And the cream will always, or what is that? The cream will rise the to the top? Cream, cream will rise to the top, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess to the top. I guess this is low-fat milk because it ain't rising for me. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's sure. <laughs> that makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, American Jiggle. <laughs> really captivating uh, um, material here for us. But um, what do you guys think? Let us know your thoughts on Paul Schrader, on you know Richard Gere's full frontal nudity, on John Bernthal, on anything we t- discussed today. Let us know your thoughts. Reach out to us on social media at Remakes Reboots Revivals on Instagram, at Remakes Podcasts on Twitter, uh, on Facebook.com slash Remakes Reboots and Revivals. And we are also on YouTube. Uh, and find us on any of your podcasting platforms and give us a nice rating. And if you can leave a review, that would also be wonderful. You can email us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. And you can call in and leave a voicemail for when we do in a call-in episode. We will play yours on the air. And that number for you to call is... 862-248-2326. All right, cool. You usually do it twice, so I got a little uh, thrown off. There. Oh, you eight six two two four eight two three two six. Call me, call me, call me. Call uh, that's yes, how Blondie. That's, uh... we go. that's how we end it. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, I. This is yeah. I was just kind of like I was. It was meh. Oh yeah, I'm so upset. I kind of feel like I wasted like five hours out of my life like three for the new show and know, like two yeah. for the film. You're very particular about that too, so I'm so sorry. That's good. It's all right. I I kind of was a little more hopeful because like, you know, Showtime not that long ago gave us Dexter, and I was just like, oh, I'm digging this one. Mm-hmm. Was that this year? Or was that last year? That was end of last year, almost wow. a year ago. I can't believe it. That is wild. Okay, is there crazy. you go. So Dexter, uh, I I like Yellow Jackets, for example, right? The show about the girls who got in the airplane accident. And they're living in the woods. It's like very, very uh, Lord of the Lord of the Flies. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. You, I don't know anything about TV. Yeah, the show is now. This show is wild, right? Like girls stuck in the woods and stuff, and uh, going crazy basically. Ooh. And then, so the show half of it show focuses on that. The other half focuses on the survivors in the present. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's a good show. Okay. And the Emmys would agree it was nominated for best. Uh, drama. So, oh well, if the Emmys. But another say one. So. Flawed, flawed women. <laughs> they all did very, very terrible things. Nice. That's hot. <laughs> you might. I feel like you actually might enjoy that one. So I mean, it sounds yeah. up my alley in terms of uh, content. Wild women yeah. doing wild things. Um. But anyway, that's it. I, this is just. I don't need. That's it. I don't know. I guess that's how how little I want to talk about American Gigolo. I'm just like anything else. And yeah, what else is on Showtime? Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, until next week, stay, stay an original. original.